Amen. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. Man, this is the day that the Lord has made, and we are going to rejoice and be glad in it. So somebody give your neighbor a high five. I'm glad I'm here. Somebody give your other neighbor a high five and say, I'm glad you're here. Man, and we are glad that you are here also. Man, it is an absolute honor to close out the last installment of our 2020 Vision Series. Um, as Pastor Bob said when this series started, this isn't just a, a one-week or a one-year series, but we are trying to, to launch a vision that will catapult us into the decade of the 20s, okay? I don't know about you, but the 1920s were called the Roaring Twenties. Anybody know what I'm talking about? All right, we were all not alive. I can promise you that, all right? Uh, but I want to see God do something amazing in the hearts and the lives of people in the 20th century of 2020. Amen. Anybody got a witness in here? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Anybody going to agree with me this morning? Come on, come on. You guys can shout, you can talk, okay? You can preach with me and it'll be a lot simpler. I promise you that, all right? So I want to see God do something amazing in the hearts and the lives of people. Throughout this series, we began to lay groundwork about what the vision is of Life Rock Church and where we're going. And we're building in a building at 2811 Rock Quarry Road, as Pastor Bob has talked about. And we've, we've been on this journey of church planting in the city of Columbia for a very long time, since 2004, that we've been on this journey trucking along. But I believe that if we will come together as a group of believers, if we will come together as a group of people, that God wants to do something amazing in our midst. Amen? I look all throughout the New Testament where the birth of the early church came into existence. Christ came to this earth in, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. The Gospels tell us all about the life of Christ. And all of a sudden, in the book of, Luke, or in the book of Acts, what happens? The early church was founded and the early church was formed. I look at our beginnings of Life Rock Church and here's what I see. I see just a glimpse of what's happened so far. We've seen some souls saved. We've seen some people rededicate their lives. We've seen some addictions fall off some people. We've seen some healings fall off people and healings come to people. But you know what's going to happen? In 2020, is going to be our greatest decade. Amen? Oh, come on. Amen? Amen. So this morning, we're going to take a look at, at, a, at a group of scriptures, and we're going to lay the foundation. The last installment of this series is on soul winning. Somebody look at your neighbor and say soul winning. Soul winning. I turn on the news. Everywhere that I go, I turn on the news, and it doesn't take me very long to realize that the world that we live is in desperate need of a Savior. Amen? It doesn't take very long to look at the news or to look at the political campaigns and the political structure of our country and realize that we are in dire need of God to come down and touch the hearts and the lives of people. Amen? And so what is that call for the church? The call for the church is to go find the people that are lost and to seek and save those who need delivered. Amen? And so inside of that this morning for a few moments, I'm going to talk to you about the thought process of this. Lost and found lost and found in Luke the 15th chapter where where Jesus is is telling a story or telling these short stories to these people and with the, 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 let's set the scene for you. The crazy thing about Luke chapter 15 is this is on one side of Jesus was all these sinners. 
All these people that were in need of this hope, that was in need of this deliverance, was in need of this Savior. And on the other side of Jesus, what the picture was, was the religious people of the time. Sometimes we as the church, we become the religious people. Well, bless God, I'm at Life Rock Church, and everything's going great. And bless God, it's my little country club of a church. Listen, God hasn't called us to be comfortable. He's called us to be radical and to change our world. Amen? Amen. And so in Luke chapter 15, verse 1 and 2 says this, Now tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers and the law murders, this man welcomes sinners and he eats with them. Let's pray. God, I thank you right now. God, for each and every single person in the house, God, I pray that you bless your word. And God, open our ears and our minds for what you have for us today. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. When I was 16 years old, my mom and dad bought me this class ring. Anybody in, in the room know about your class ring? Oh, yeah, man, I still got it, okay? I did this really cool thing when I was 16 years old. Mom and dad bought it, to me, bought it for me, and I immediately gave it to the girlfriend that I was dating at the time, all right? Worst mistake ever, okay? And so, man, we, we gave her this class ring, and, and it was great. Remember, we're talking about lost and found. I gave this girl this class ring thinking that I was going to spend forever with this, this lady. It lasted like three weeks, and she went to give me my class ring back to break up with me. And I was so mad. Listen to me. Anybody got anger issues? I'll be the first one to raise my hand today, all right? I got road rage out of this world, all right? The older I get, the more road rage I get. And so I gave this girl this class ring, and we were standing at Mazio's Pizza on Missouri Boulevard in Jefferson City, Missouri. If you've never ate at Mazio's Pizza, uh, there's like one left. I think it's in Lebanon, and that's it, all right? And we're at Mazio's Pizza, and I've got this necklace or this, this class ring on this necklace, and I'm furious at this girl, and I'm just spinning it around my finger. And what happens next? That necklace and that class ring fly off of my finger, and one goes this away, and one goes this away. We searched and searched that parking lot with this that just broke up with me. She was helping me, bless her little soul. She could have hopped in the car and peaced out, all right? But we're searching the backside of this building looking for this ring. Two years later, I was a senior in high school, and I get a, a call, and they said, hey, we need Robert Kelly to come to the office. Nobody ever calls me Robert Kelly, all right, ever. And they said, we, so I go to the office, and, and I thought I was in trouble or something, and they said, hey, somebody just walked in here and handed us your class ring. You see, what had been lost for two-plus years had been found. What in your life has been lost or, or that you've misplaced? And then all of a sudden, the light bulb goes off and you're like, man, I just found what I've been searching for. I just found what I've been looking for. In Luke chapter 15, the stories that we see, there's three sets of stories. And we see Jesus telling the parable of the lost sheep. And we all know it, that, that he's going to leave the 99 to go find the one. We see the, the parable of the lost coin where the, where the lady has loses a coin. And Jesus said, won't we light a lamp and go find it? And then the last parable that we see in Luke chapter 15 is this, is we see the parable of the prodigal son. The parable of the prodigal son. The prodigal son story like this. There was a young man. 
And he decided that enough was enough living in his father's home, and so he immediately went and he wanted to get all of his inheritance. If I would go to my father and say, can I have my inheritance? I would probably get, Jesse, a 1997 Chevy Malibu, all right? Just straight up, all right? It's in their driveway. Or, or, or the Scoutorama or some kind of automobile that's sitting there as a, as a collection to mom and dad. But this young man wanted all of his inheritance in Luke chapter 15. And remember, Jesus is telling the stories, and the sinners are on this side, and the religious people are on this side. And he's trying to draw a parallel to that, that lost people matter. To us today, lost people matter. The soul of your coworker matters. The soul to your mother or to your father, it matters. The soul of your children, it matters. And Jesus in Luke chapter 15 and verse 11, he starts this story of this parable where this young man decides that he wants an inheritance. So the, the father says, okay, son, here you go. I'm going to give you all that I have. Here's all of the finances that I have. Could you imagine what the father is feeling like standing there knowing that everything that I just have invested in you, you've just gone on your way? The thought process through that young man's or through that father's mind has got to be something like this. It's got to be, have I, have I done him right? Have I trained him the way that he should go? Have I given him the moral boundaries that he should have? Have I done everything that I can to invest? And the father never knew. Scripture goes on to tell us that the young man wasted everything that he absolutely had. He wasted it all. He, he tried to get a job. He tried to do different things. And the thought dawned upon him. He said, if I could just go back to my father's house, maybe I could be a servant. And the servants at my father's house have it way better than what I have it. Not, not just a little bit better, but, but I'm eating of the swine. I'm eating with the pigs. The servant of my dad's house, it's got a roof over their head. They've got food upon their table. If I could just go to my dad's house, maybe I could be blessed like the servants. If Bree or Brooklyn or Blair came to me, your child came to you, man, it'd be really hard to just sit there and be like, dude, I'm good, man. You just stay right there. This father, the scripture tells us, opened up everything that he had. He seen him coming from a distance. He told his servants, he said, I want you to go get the best robe that you got. I want you to go get the best ring that you got. I want you to prepare the feast. And he even said, you know what? He said, start the DJ up because we're getting ready to have a party in this house. Why? Because he seen that something that was lost was coming in. Listen to me, Life Rock Church. What would happen if we had a heart for the lost that as soon as they come walking in this building, we're going to love on them. We're going to embrace them. When we go to Walmart and somebody's down and out and somebody's struggling, we said, you know what? It's going to be okay. What happens when you went to Walmart? Instead of the door greeter greeting you, you greeted the door greeter. What would happen that when we get on social media, oh my gosh, here we go. We stop looking for war over a political debate or a social debate. And we said, you know what? What really matters isn't your point of view, but where, what really matters is where you're going to spend eternity. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to change my perspective and I'm going to see through the lens of God. I'm not going to see the lens of your faults and your mistakes and all that you've done and that you betrayed me and that you've let me go, but I'm going to see it through the eyes of Christ. And that's the parable that is talked about in Luke chapter 15 here. If we're going to see it through 
the eyes of Christ, it starts in our home. Oh, well, that, that's easy. It starts in my home. This is Blair Lauren. Everybody say, hi, Blair. We got, call me crazy, we got a 13-year-old, a 13-year-old, a 7-year-old, and a 3-month-old. Listen to me, parents. We have a spiritual obligation to lead our homes. If we're ever going to win the world, it starts in the confines of your home. The Bible says to train up a child in the way they should go. And when they are old, they won't. What? What? Hold on, hold on. Say a little loud. What? Won't depart from it. We are training our children. Listen to me. One way or the other. We're either training them in the eyes of God and towards the direction of God. Remember, we're winning and lost. Or we're training them on the other side. Listen to me. Every single Sunday morning that you wake up and you make a decision to come to church, you're making an installment in the faith of your child. You are passing on the next generation and you're saying, you know what, Blair Kelly, it matters to me where you spend eternity. Blair Kelly, you know what, it matters to me that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Blair Kelly, it matters to me that you confess with your mouth and you believe with your heart that Jesus raised the dead and that you can be saved. Why? Because I have to lead in my home. Amen? So listen, parents, don't just think, oh, man, yeah, we're doing, a, we're doing a good job, man. We took them to Walmart. We bought them three toys. It ain't good enough. It ain't good enough. We have got to invest in our children. Listen to me, parents. We're talking about leaning your home. I thought I was doing pretty good until I got a 13-year-old little girl. And I realized that it's all attitude and all sass. Right, Angie? But when a child is small, and even Bree, who's 13, they're like Play-Doh. They're moldable. They're shapeable. We can conform them into the image of God. We can teach them the things of God. If we're ever going to win the World Life Rock Church, we got to win our homes. we got to win our family members. We're going to form you and create you in the image of God. Brooklyn is... Every, every kid in America reads at like second grade or by first grade now or kindergarten, whatever that it is. And Becca's been reading with Brooklyn through her kid Bible. And Brooklyn gets done with reading her Bible at the end of the night. She's like, Mom, I want to read more. And you're like, oh, Brandon, way, way to go. Good job. Listen to me. That just started two weeks ago, okay? Why? Because we were, I was studying for this, and there was a conviction that came over us through the series of, of we've got to train our kids up. We've got to teach our kids. We're passing on to our kids something. You are either going to instill into your kids when it talks about training up your child. You're either going to instill them in the things of God, or you're going to instill them in the things of this world. They will pick up your traits. What happens when we become adults? No longer are we moldable teachable, we become set in our ways. The only way, listen to me, adult in the house, you know why your hearts become hard towards the things of God? It's because it takes a hammer and a chisel to chisel away little by little by little. But when a child comes to God, it's easy. Why? Because the Bible says that if you have childlike faith, you know what we want as adults sometimes? We want to know why it's so hard. Why, why did, how did Christ die upon a cross and get risen from the dead? 
How did all them animals fit in the ark? How, 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 how did creation, how did that happen? Listen, God's not asking you to figure out the how. All he's asking you to do is figure out the trusting in him part. And if you will trust in him, God can do something amazing in your heart and in your life. So if we're ever going to do something great for God, it's got to start in our home. It's got to start with the people around us. It's got to start with our loved ones. Listen to me. You may say, Brandon, I don't even know what to say. Listen to me. All you've got to do is share your life story. And there's something that's going to connect with them that's happened through and on the inside of you. I think about the stories of people that, have attend, that attend Life Rock Church who come from uh, broken relationships or divorce situations or abusive situations, and God's brought you out of that past, and he's, he's brought you out of those situations, and he's restored your life, and he's healed your life. Listen to me. You have the greatest testimony of all, and so God's wanting to use you. He's wanting to, to, to use your story and let you uh, to, to have a glimpse of that. Point number two this morning is this, is Jesus is obsessed with the lost. Jesus is obsessed with the lost. Siri, I don't want to talk to you this morning. Are you obsessed with the lost? I, I got a guy, and I know you've heard me tell this story before. His name is Mike, and I know none of you guys know Mike in this room. He lives in Stillville. Mike walked out on his, his wife and his three kids about five years ago. He, his family was in church. All of a sudden, one day, he said, I don't want God. I don't want anything to do with church. And, man, guy became hard, became bitter, became cynical. And uh, I, Becca and I coached a basketball team with our daughters with this guy. And uh, one day, the guy called me up. And he was like, hey, Brandon. He was like, I want you to coach youth baseball with me. And I'm like, man, I love baseball. Man, I'll, I'll jump all on board, and I'll coach youth baseball with you. So we went. I sat in a dugout one game. We were getting beat. No lie, 29 to 1. I sat in the dugout. A, a game like that, your heart goes out to these kids because they're just getting their teeth kicked in. And I sat in that dugout, and Mike's son made an error. Every kid on the baseball team made an error that day, but Mike's son made an error. And we stood there, and Mike pulled his son out of that ball game. He called that kid every name in the book, told him how bad he was as a ball player. And Mike sat on one end of the bench. His son sat on the other end of the bench, and I sat right in the middle. I'm like, oh, Jesus, come get me now, Lord. Take me home. The game got over. Mike wanted to apologize to his son, so he walks up to his son to put his arm around him as we've shaken hands with the team that beat us 36-1 to that night. And that boy wanted nothing to do with his daddy. We'd walk like this, and that kid would just turn away. Mike would go get him, and he'd just turn away the other way. As a 40-year-old man talked to me about how he had failed his son and had failed his family. Didn't know how to reach him. Didn't know how to extend out to him. He said, Brandon, he said, I'm a failure in all aspects of my life. And it was on that night in, in June of 2018 that I told him, I said, Mike, I said, God's got a purpose for your life, and God's got a destiny in your life. He can restore your, your relationship with your kids. I don't know about your spouse. I don't know anything about that. But what I do know is that there's a God that we serve, that no matter how far we go away from God, he still is right there by our side. Amen? 
And so, has Mike came to Christ? No. But every opportunity that I get, I go play softball with Mike. I coach on a ball team with Mike. Why? Because I want the Jesus that's on the inside of me to rub off on the inside of that guy. The Jesus that was in Luke chapter 15, let me tell you something, Life Rock Church, he was so obsessed with lost people that everywhere that he went, lost people were following. Why? Because they were amused at the signs and the wonders and all of the miracles that were happening. They were saying to themselves, is this Jesus deal the real thing? What's Jesus doing? And they were completely amazed by what God was doing in their hearts and in their lives. God wants to do the same thing in your heart and in your life. But what he wants most is for you to let him in. If we're ever going to to win the loss, if we're ever going to reach people, we've got to be obsessed with the sinner. Not obsessed with the sin. You know what drives us crazy? What drives us crazy all the time is sin. Oh, man, why why do people sin? Why why is all that junk going on? Listen to me. You're looking at it the wrong way. You've got to look at a lost, broken person that needs the hope and Savior of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells me Tells me this, that whosoever should call upon the name of the Lord, we, they shall be saved. Amen? The whosoever is this. The whosoever is, is the drunk that's down here on the corner that's got a cardboard sign up right now that's looking for, for a dollar. The, the, the whosoever in our lives is the co-worker at work who's going through so much depression, so much anxiety, that they're looking for a pill. They're looking for a fix with the drug. Why? Because they're looking for, to, uh, to fix that void in their heart and in their life. Our last point this morning is this, is opportunities are all around us to share. Opportunities are all around us to share. In our world that we live in, we live in the most connected world ever. You ready for this? has 338 Facebook friends. If you got more than that, you're doing way better than average. There's... 2.45 2.45 or 2.45 billion monthly users on social media. 2.45 billion people on social media. The opportunities to advance the gospel are far greater today than what they've ever been in any other decade. We went to a conference a few months ago, Ethan and Dad and I, and Dr. Charles Stanley was on there. And he began to talk about the early, the early beginnings of, of being a televangelist. And he said, man, he said, they just, he said, we just brought a camera in and they just started shooting and it just started going, you know, worldwide and worldwide and worldwide. Listen to me. You can create one post right now and it probably will get as much traction as what it took them to spend thousands and thousands of dollars just to get that message out. So, so the gospel is, is ready for us to, to advance. The gospel is ready for us to, to, to take to the next person. But uh, Jesse and Ethan and I went to a conference a few weeks ago, and, uh, and Genevieve, and the speaker there, his name was Adam McCain, did a killer job. He talked about a kid in his youth group, and this kid in his youth group was like, hey, pastor, i got to come talk to you. And, you know, as, as anybody, when a kid comes talk to you, you, you know, you're a little, uh, okay, what do you want to say to me? And that kid told him, he said, Pastor, he said, i got to tell you about what's happened. He said, this, this kid, to set the story up, this kid was a homeschool kid. I won't cast any preconceived ideas on homeschool. But Adam did, okay? But the kid was a homeschool kid. Didn't have a lot of friends. His circle of network wasn't very big. 
They decided they were going to go to a concert one night. Go to a concert one night. And they were at the doors of this concert to get in, okay? At the doors of this concert, ready to get in. All of a sudden, he looks over at his buddy. He's like, hey, dude, I'm getting ready to do something. And when I do, I want you to video record me. And so his buddies, Jesse was there. He's like, all right, man, I'm ready to rock and roll. Whatever you got for me, I'm there. And so the kid climbed up onto this, this platform or this wall. And he began to scream out, when I say chicken, you say nugget, okay? How stupid is that, right? So let's try it. When I say chicken, you say nugget. When I say chicken, you say nugget. Chicken, chicken, chicken. Okay, like four people of you guys say, the rest of you guys are like, this guy's an idiot, okay? Thanks, guys. So this went off for 30 seconds. His friend shot the video. They posted it on TikTok, all right? Any TikTok users in the house, all right? I think you, oh, there's a couple. Sweet, all right. All right. My daughter's on TikTok. I'm like, dude, what is TikTok, man? I, I know what TikTok is. Don't, uh, I'm just joking, all right? Shot it and put it on TikTok. Within just a few days, the video in their area had gone viral. And the guy went from 30 uh, TikTok followers to over 5,000 TikTok followers. These people are still constantly sharing this video of when I say chicken, you say nugget. And we look at this as insignificant. We look at this as small. We look at this as, and through our eyes as adults sometimes as that was the stupidest thing in the world. Why did that idiot at Life Rock just make me say chicken nuggets this morning? But the story behind it is this. That kid has had the opportunities to minister to other kids. Because on his, on his profile, it says that the kid's a Christian. And so different kids have hit up this kid seeking Christ. Seeking to have a relationship with Christ. Tell him, one kid told him, he said, hey man, I was ready to commit suicide. He said, could you just say a prayer for me? And so it's opened up this door, this opportunity for this kid to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. So many times we look at the gospel of Jesus Christ about spreading it, and we're like, man, I've got to say the proper things. I've got to have the proper theology. No, you know what you got to do? You just got to love on people where they're at. There's broken and lost and hurting people all around this world. And you know what? All we have to do is we just have to love on people. You know why I've built a relationship with Mike? And I've just said, Mike, I'm just going to be your friend, dude. You're going to accept Christ because I pray for him every single day. You're going to accept Christ one day down the road, but your heart's not ready yet because you're an adult, and sometimes as adults it becomes hard. But what's going to happen is, is you are going to accept Christ because I'm going to take the opportunity, and I'm going to love on you. I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to see that God's going to do something great in your heart and in your life. Amen? Jesse, come this morning. I'm going to tell you one more story, and I'm, I'm wrapping up. Beck and I, we, we had the opportunity and the, the honor of serving at Life Rock Church here. We were Church of the Nations, and we were then, and we were in the American Legion post-202. And we had the opportunity to, to be the student pastors here at this church. Now my job is I'm a camp director, and we host summer camps and other events. But for three years, we were the student pastors right here at this church. Didn't have a building. 
didn't have anything. All we had was the baby blue American Legion Hall. We had our first youth service. I see Michael Wardway. We had our first youth service at the firehouse. Some of you guys know where the firehouse is across from the Parkade Plaza. I think it's a breakfast joint now, right? We had our first youth service. There was like six, seven kids there. That went on for three or four months. We went to a state auction, and I know some of you guys have heard the story, but it's worth me repeating in this moment. I'm talking about lost and found. Went to a state auction. I, Dad said, we're going to buy a church van. I said, all right, Dad, let's go. Let's go buy a church van. Went to that auction, and we bought a church van. We actually bought two vans that day. They were prison vans. We took the bars out of the vans. Took all the plexiglass out of these vans. Because we had a heart to reach people. What if we created a culture at Life Rock Church that It didn't matter what we had to do to win the loss. We were just going to go win the loss. What would happen if we eliminated all of our preconceived ideas, all of our expectations of what somebody should be before they come into the house of God? We just went and loved on people the way they were. We got those vans rolling. Becca would drive one, I'd drive the other. We'd start going to pick up kids. We met a lady named Jennifer Thomas. Jennifer Thomas introduced us to two sisters, Rochelle and Lucille. So for three plus years, we, every Wednesday night, we ran them vans. It got to where we run both both of them. We fill them up. It got to the place where we'd run both of them on two routes. We'd bring a group of kids to church, then we'd take them back. We wound up renting a bus. We wound up renting two buses just to bring kids to church. There were two girls, Rochelle and Lucille, and they they make Life Rock their home. They live in Jeff City now. Lucille's an over the road truck driver who's gone a lot. But they caught a vision of bringing their friends and their families to church. What I didn't tell you about Rochelle and Lucille is they were African American and everybody that we worked with were all white people. We tore down racial barriers. We tore down financial barriers. Listen to me. We went to some of the roughest areas of Columbia. Chris Drive and Demerit. All these different areas. Why? Because I had a heart to reach people. The Bible says this, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God, what, what if, what if I, I could play a, 
a role in shaping and molding somebody else's life. What, what, if, what if I could just, I, I don't have the words to say to win somebody to Christ. What, what if I could just lend an ear to, to, to listen to somebody else? What if I could just extend a hand when somebody's hurting? What if I could love on somebody the way that this father loved on somebody in Luke chapter 15? What if I went the extra mile and my heart broke for the lost? What would happen? That was Rebecca and I was with Rochelle and Lucille. Dude, we would, we, Becca and I, we were broke as a joke. We had no money. We'd go buy a 12-pack of soda or a 24-pack of soda. I'm sure Genevieve remembers this. And there's a basketball goal out there in the middle of the road. I actually hit the basketball goal one night in the school bus. And I broke it. And them kids never did let me hear the end of that story. You hit our bus. You broke our basketball goal. It's like I stole a million dollars from hitting that basketball goal that night. We'd take a 24-pack of soda out, and they'd be in the street playing basketball. We'd take a 24-pack of Mountain Dew out there, and we'd play ball. And we love on them kids. And we seen kid after kid after kid after kid come to church. Why? Because there was somebody that was lost that needed found. Life Rock Church, it's time for us to stop coming to church and sitting in our nice padded chairs and just doing church week in and week out and setting this thing up and tearing down, waiting for a building at 2811 Rock Quarry Road. And it's time for us to have a burden for somebody else. We, we used to preach a message that Christ is coming. Repent now. The kingdom of heaven is near. The rapture of the church is coming. And we, we'd preach this message of salvation. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh man, that's a little too harsh. Let's just preach grace now. And I'm all about grace. But the soul matters. The soul, your soul matters. Where? One day we spend eternity matters. So I pose the question to you today. What are you doing to impact eternity in somebody else's life? Who are you going to find? Who do you know that, that needs this hope of a Savior? Maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, Brandon, that's me, man. Man, I'm lost, man. Man, I've come into this place. I, I, may, I may have came to church, Life Rock Church, for 10 years, and I've just sat in this seat. I've just been a spectator. I've never really taken the message of Christ very serious. I've, I've, never, I've never really accepted Christ as my Savior. Maybe it's you. Maybe you look at your life and you say, Brandon, man, I'm too far. I've, you know what? No matter who you are and no matter what you've done, Christ is ready to embrace you and welcome you in and say, you know what? I love you just 
the way you are. I love you just the way you are. You've not messed up too much. You've not made too many sins for God not to love you just the way you are. I'm going to pray, but I'm going to ask that nobody moves around for the next few moments. We're going to formally dismiss this morning, so just hang tight with us. God, I thank you right now. God, for each and every single person in the house this morning. God, I thank you that we were all once sinners. God, and we're all saved by grace. God, we all were in need of a Savior. God, and you came down and you saved us right where we are. Broken, messed up. God, you, you've saved us just right where we are. God, there may be somebody here today in this presence, God, that hasn't truly surrendered their heart and their life to you. And God, let us in this moment, God, believe with our heart, God, that, that you can save us. God, God, let us, let us know, God, that our name is forever in the Lamb's book of life. God, and you've came into our lives, God, for us to experience your love power and who you are. We thank you God right now in Christ's name. Amen. Keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. You may be here this morning. You may say, Brandon, man, I need to give my life to God. I need to rededicate my life to God. You may be here this morning. You may say, Brandon, man, I'm a, I'm a long way from a Savior. Brandon, man, I've messed up so much. I, I don't think Jesus can save me. Listen to me. God can and God will save you. As I stated earlier, the Bible says that, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so what I want us to do in this moment is I want you to use your mouth, everybody in the house, and we're going to pray a sinner's prayer. Listen to me, and we want everybody in the house to do this. So here we go. Dear Jesus, I pray that you forgive me of all of my sins. And dear Jesus, I pray that you come into my heart, come into my life. I make room for you. Amen. Keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. If you prayed that prayer, maybe for the first time, or you rededicated your life, you just raise your hand today. Come on. Some hands going up. Awesome, man. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Listen to me. Look at me, Life Rock. That's what it's all about, is people coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We're going to do one more thing as we close out the series. I want Pastor Bob and Pastor Debbie to come. Ethan, Genevieve, join me. Jerry and Jason, will you guys come down here? Linda and Ernest, Julie, will you guys join me? These are people that, Angie, she's in here. Angie, can you come? Angie leads our nursery team. Come on, Angie. As we close out this 2020 series right here, Becca's got Blair. She'd come. She's like, I ain't coming. This baby's sleeping. These are the leaders of Life Rock Church. Jason and Jerry do a great job leading our kids' ministry. 
start a new curriculum in 2020, hear a lot of good things. Listen to me, parents. Get your kids plugged in with our kids' ministry. Lauren, come on up here. Sorry. They do a great job. Your kids, we want your kids at church. We want the opportunity, and while I was speaking, Jason and Jerry are both up there just nodding away. We want the opportunity to pour into your kids' lives. We want the opportunity to speak into their lives and to see them accept Christ. We want to see that opportunity. Lauren and Jesse, there are student pastors. They do a great job. We're in this temporary location, but as soon as we get to 2811 Rock Quarry Road, youth services are firing back up. We got our next-gen leaders, Ethan and Genevieve, all right? Ethan preached fire last week. He used a bunch of words that us 35-year-old people plus don't know what they are, all right? I'm just kidding. Julie leads our women, our women's group. They do a great job. Angie leads nurseries, all right? There's no job I want in this church. I do not want to lead the nursery team, all right? I love my kids, but I don't love your kids, all right? No, I'm just kidding. And Ernest leads our ushers and our men's. These are leaders of our church. So what I want you to do is I want you to stand with me all across this place. Because we all play a vital role in seeing the vision of of 2020 come to pass. If I had to put... into words, a few words what this series of 2020 vision means, what I've heard from different communicators who we sat down and had just a a few conversations over. If I had to put into words, it would be this, that if we will align our talents, our gifts, and our resources, and we will get all on the same page that there's a great harvest of souls that await us. If we would align our gifts, talents, and our resources, and we would all work together, not not these people, I'm not just putting these people out, I'm just making a statement, not these people, and these people, and these people, and these people, or this person, and this person, but we would all rally together We'll see the vision come to pass for 2020. And we will see a harvest of souls. You know what our world needs? Our world needs a harvest of souls. We need a turning back to God. We can't do this thing on our own. That's what's got us in the end with addiction and and all these different problems that America faced. Depression, anxiety, worry. Why? Because we've done it on our own. When we let God come in and do the supernatural in our hearts and our lives, we place value upon Him. So what I want you to do, I want you to stretch your hands this way towards these leaders. And we are going to pray that God releases the 2020 vision into our hearts and into our lives. God, I thank you right now. God, for each and every single person that makes up Life Rock Church, we see the vision that you have for us come to pass. God, it's not just a building at 2811 Rock Quarry Road. God, that's just the beginning. God, but I pray, God, right now, God, that we see souls saved in our kids' department. God, that we see kids, God, 
God, have a hunger for learning your word, that they draw close to you. God, I pray, God, that we see souls saved in our youth department, God, as we build students up and we encourage students, God, to be the people that God has called them to be. God, I pray, God, that, that we uplift, God, our next-gen leaders, God, God, in our, in our college and our career students, God, for you to empower them, God, as they face, as they face the challenges, God, of the 21st century. God, lead them. Guide them. Direct them. God, I pray, God, for Julie, God. God, as she as she leads our women's group, God. God, let these mothers, God, and these women, God, come to know you, God. Let them come to, to, to have a real and covenant relationship with you. God, I pray for Angie, God. God, as we train up these children, God, from a very small age, God, to be, to be just like you. God, it's not just a babysitting service in our nursery, God, but we have the opportunity to shape and to mold the next generation. God, I pray, God, for our hospitality team, God, and our, and our greeters, God, that we're the friendliest church in the block, God. God, that everybody that comes to Life Rock Church, God, knows, God, that, that we love them and we're there for them and that we want to see the lost souls saved. God, I pray for our men, our ushers, God. God, I pray that, that as we bring the Father into the church, God, that you will bring the family in with them, God. God, that as we see the men come in and they become strong in your word and strong in faith, God. God, that we make a difference in the home, God, through the man, God. God, bless them, God, in all areas. God, I pray, God, for our lead pastor, God. Pastor Bob and Debbie. God, as we lead, God, in 2020. God, give us this vision that burns deep inside of our heart and burns deep inside of our soul. God, let us run, God, with purpose every single day. God, let us run with the vision and the plan that you have for us, God. God, and we are going to rally the troops. We're going to rally the team, God, and we are going to see a harvest in Christ's name. God, we love you for what you're getting ready to do in Life Rock Church. We thank you, God, for the increases that are getting ready to happen. And we give you praise and honor and glory, God, for all that you do for us in Christ's name. And everybody said, amen and amen. We love you guys. We love you so much. Thank you for joining us today. If you're a guest here today, we don't want to embarrass you, but we invite you back. You may have just given your heart to Christ today. Listen to me. Keep coming. You don't have to have the whole puzzle figured out. Mom and Jesse last night spent hours on a puzzle. Okay? Hours on a puzzle of this stupid owl. Okay? My attention span is this big. You could probably already tell. Hours on a puzzle. And it was one piece after the next piece after the next piece. If you're a guest here today or you just accepted Christ, just keep on coming. Because God's got more for you. We love you guys. We will see you guys next Sunday.